But I had to listen to it. Into it. it. Yeah, I'm glad you listened to it so I can talk to someone. All right, Zig at the Gig podcast. Yeah, welcome to the Zig at the Gig podcast. Sea level special volume four. Volume four, episode episode 44 of the Zig at the Gig podcast. With the most special of guests. You're here, yeah, you're here with your main guy, uh, Mr. Zig, Mr. Coda, and special, special guest, Bo Bolin. What's up, Pat? Hi. That, uh, very happy to be here. I don't know, I, Pat. I'm not sure if you listened to any of the other Sea Level special episodes, but I came on and I immediately told Dave that his number one problem with his podcast was not using the Clash as the theme song. So whenever I come on, I pick a different Clash song for every episode. See, he's already getting. I'm I'm loading up the next thing. <laughs> I'm moving on. Next thing. How do you have rec- record scratches though? Because uh, boss he, DJ. Like because he has his little DJ thingy. It's it's weird. He showed me it before we started. Are you going to put on the latest 45 only wants from that new Dewey Cox? Uh, no, I'm going to put cool. nothing but bangers. That, that would be cool. <laughs> but, yeah, I picked that Clash song specifically because it has that cool drum intro, and it's the first song off their first album. Classic. Classic I was just song. listening to that. I was just watching that uh, some Bowie doc today. What, what's it, it was the one about – it was the triangle – it was Lou Reed, Bowie, and Iggy. Whoa. I've never seen it. What's it on? It's that pretty amazing. It's it on Prime. I I'm like, like, I already knew it. Pat and his fucking Prime. <laughs> Prime. I've been trying to get Amazon Prime to work for me so much because they have that Spawn show on there. And that's. They like, also, you know what else they have? I think that's the only place you can watch the Danzig horror movie that just came out. Mm, yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah, remember? I can't, I can't stream Prime through my Chromecast. So I got an Apple TV and I thought I'd set it up and it would work, but it didn't work. I saw you had that little Apple TV. I was impressed. I'm trying to figure out a way to get Prime to work because I have Prime. <laughs> I just can't get it to work on my TV. <laughs> So you bought an Apple TV? No, no, no. I had the thing, but I never had a remote, so I bought a remote to make it work, and exciting. it still didn't work. I just used this smoke. smashed up iPad. <laughs> solid. Yeah. So, Super solid. solid. So, yeah, we're launched into podcast mode now. We were, before we started recording, we just started talking, and we went down a rabbit hole. Pat was asking me how... What I thought of the new Danzig yeah. Sings Elvis album. And what I was going to tell you is I can't fairly judge it because I am not an Elvis fan. So, And I don't know Elvis's music like that. You know what I mean? Does he do some deep cuts? He does mostly. He does Fever. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that that was an Elvis He does thing. Fever, it- which... Elvis? I don't even think it's an Elvis song. No, yeah, but he, he does it. it. But it's yeah, exactly. I was uh, I always thought you know uh, the Cramps and then who the originals Peggy Peggy, Peggy Lee. Lee yeah yeah those two are the ones I know. So most of the songs on there, I just don't like anyways. <laughs> so I went into the record knowing like I'm not really gonna like this, but it was pretty damn bad. <laughs> I have to say. And then I mean I, I, I listened to it and enjoyed it from a. Keep kitsch kind of way where I oh, yeah, just yeah, I, no, I actually liked a couple look songs. At, 
songs. Like a like think of a Danzig Christmas album. Like I would listen to totally, that. Yeah, like if you don't approach it like as if it's gonna be the best thing, which I didn't. And so I do like a couple songs, but like he does. You were always on my mind. Yeah, which and is it's a so Willie Nelson song because. Uh, <laughs> Again, Danzig, not an over. Danzig, like on all the cuts, he like strips that, and you gotta watch the Fantano review of the album because it's hilarious. He just, That's the only reason I heard about it. I saw that thumbnail. He rips it apart because, like, in each song, Danzig pretty much strips down the instrumentation to where it's like nothing, and the drums sound so bad. They sound like literally yeah. like you went to just yeah. a bar down the street yeah. and got oh, a man. guy and, and started yeah. recording him. Like that's Especially on that fever. They let they let him they let that guy stretch out on fever. <laughs> that's uh, easily the worst part of the record is that and there's barely any drums on it, but But then like, there's like upright bass because he he thinks that's classy. It's and yeah. like fever. It's not a good record, but like I said, there's, there's like three, there's like three songs in the beginning that I like. I can't remember what they are because, like I said, I don't know Elvis songs. Yeah, and they were ones that I didn't know, and I think that's what made me like them more. The songs that I did know, I couldn't take as serious. I bet if you love Elvis, you'll really hate this record. <laughs> I was For say. sure, it's well, not an mom, Elvis fan My mom thing. loves. Elvis and Danzig, and she asked this me, she asked me how it was. <laughs> And I was like, I don't know, maybe you'll like it, because she said everyone said it sucked, and I was like, I'll give it a shot. It's worth yeah. it. It's, everything's worth a shot. It's like a, <laughs> For sure. it's a thirty minute record. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not going to kill you to play it. It might. You might. Just yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it might die. I haven't listened to it yet. But. You won't have anything more than a three minute song, no matter what the genre is. I but completely yeah, so forgot that's, about it. That's part of what we've been listening to. I think that brings us poetically to our first segment. You want to rock into the. The theme song of the first segment. Oh, this is another song? Yeah, yeah. Which one? <laughs> no, no, it's not an Elvis song or a Danzig song. Yeah. I don't care. It's more, I'd like that you have transit. We got transitions, Pat. Oh, shit. No, I went to the wrong. I just let it play. Next, the wrong one? Yeah, just let it play. Okay. We usually do. Yeah. Jamming. All right. Now you confuse me with which segment we got. Yeah, I was but. gonna say we usually I I I got mixed up there for one. See, I'm always on my game and on top of Dave, but being next to him makes me like <laughs> fuck up. Well, but, you start uh, to employ your life managing skills for my life. For sure, yeah. yeah. We'll just flip flop the themes there. All right, so, so so we'll do zig at the gig still. This is the zig at the gig segment, Pat, where we usually. I haven't. I didn't have a good name for it. I just we talked about the name of, of the podcast. We talk about like gig. Uh, usually, we would talk about gigs that we went to or saw or, or played. played. But since that's not happening, we've just been talking about live streams. So, and I guess you know what we could because we technically just played a live stream for negative. Yeah, space. yeah, yeah. First, yeah. First things first. Let's just say yeah, we, got we raised our money. We got the goal. I don't know yeah. if you heard this. Did pet. you see that? Yeah, I saw that. We, we reached got over well 5,000. 5, so shouts out to anyone that helped that, or I doubt that any of them were listening. Shouts out to just anyone that would be listening. <laughs> but um, we did a benefit for Negative Space. We played a gig there. At, was, negative, space. at negative Space. It we streamed really, from there with Gotti and Tessa live painting. Yeah, it was really fun. I haven't, that's easily the most fun I've had. Since the quarantine, because I remember when we got on stage, I just started like, yeah, I felt like I was playing a real. It was more than is a lot better than in Jared's basement, because that one still had like a live streamy basement. Up. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But when we were at negative space, I felt like we we're actually playing a gig. Even though there was no sure. one there, I still surrounded by the art. Yeah, and when I started jumping, I almost was knocking stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me and Pat had that oak. Oh, Cody's gonna break the paint. <laughs> so it was a really fun gig. Um, have you seen any cool live streams in this last couple of weeks, Pat? I've just been uh, checking in on those uh, Questlove streams. Mm. All the just the getting DJ stuff ones. off of that. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. DJ ones where he does the Marvin Gaye. He's done like three different Prince ones now. Yeah, yeah, I've watched the Questlove ones. There's a couple other DJs that I like a lot, too, that do the same thing. It's Ninth Wonder, he does one that's really cool. There's another guy, uh, Static Selecta, he does really cool. He does, I mean, it's, all, it's almost like everyone that's like Questlove that's known for like producing and that type of stuff. That's just, they immediately were like, all right, I'm just going to start DJing this whole. Who's that that guy? That's like, he's like a nerdy white guy, but he's basically just doing, um, Reggie Watts. And he Uh, live streams all the time. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 His name's Mark Riblet. Yeah. What a name. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Someone, someone the other day goes, this guy's a genius. And I said, he's very talented, but he is, not, I would not go as far as to say genius. He's a really, oh no, he's a really great looper, but and he's like, yeah, like I said, it's just it's just Reggie Watts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except, yeah, not yeah. Even, except less weird. At least Reggie Watts, because Reggie Watts just gets into I like. Say more, I'd say more musical. Yeah, less. You Whereas know Reggie I mean? Watts on the funny side. Yeah, really. Yeah. He was more comedy. This guy's a little more musical, but they're still, like you said, the same. Equally, thing. like super talented. Reggie Watts will go on like a whole song, not saying words. Oh, you're good. You're good. This <laughs> be gibberish. Yeah, like the fuck shit stack. Yeah, I remember that. Well, those are swear. I never got that video. Like like, talking backwards. Yeah, I like when he does Radiohead though. (laughs) When he does like the (laughs) like his his impression of Radiohead, Reggie Watts. So did you? uh, I I watched one live stream of John Butler on Instagram. I think I've I've seen almost all of them. Which they, one did you watch? There's a ha- like this, he's been getting kind of quarantined out cuz there's one totally. where he came he's in his bathtub and shit. That's <laughs> what I love is to see the certain performers that I don't like when someone's all mic'd up and yeah. doing a big old fancy thing. I like when someone's just in like a weird spot in their house just playing with no mics, you know. Yeah. In their giant house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with John Butler it's like He's starting to lose it. Like the first, the one that stuck out was when he was looking like Ian Mackay. I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. He looks like Ian Mackay. It was like a normal stream. And then there was another one where it was him, his daughter, and his wife, and they did like this Partridge Family beautiful song that his daughter wrote. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then the next one, he was like, just like, I, I went camping. I was losing my mind. <laughs> did you see that one? And then no. he was like, he was no, like, but I've seen bits of that in his regular one. And then like he's like, people are asking him to play stuff. He's like, play the old John Butler. And he's like, I don't even remember that fucking song. And he's like, <laughs> and he'll he's do, starting do, to lose it. Yeah, he'll do a song. He'll be like, well, I'm gonna play peaches and cream because everyone wanted to hear it so yeah here it is yeah he's, starting to <laughs> he's totally losing it he's like this is, this is like they're not used to people requesting songs ever they're like well i guess i'll play the hit again yeah uh yeah totally. yeah you will every time he played i was like in the comments like peaches and cream <laughs> And then when he uh, finished playing the song, someone in the comments goes, 
play peaches and cream again. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing I learned in, so far in this Bowie doc is like Bowie was like a total hack early yeah. on in his career. He yeah. just made like novelty songs that are like joke that were like jokes. And oh, even like after, his, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his first yeah, I didn't record. Know yeah, oh, yeah, and like. He would, he got, they were just talking about how much he sucked and how he would never play Davey Space Jones. Oddity live. They never, he never wanted to play it, even though it was his only hit. And would, the, the studio picked like folk pop was like, they picked that for him because uh-huh. he had so many songs and they didn't care what, like, he didn't have like a single identity yet. Yeah. Yeah. It took him like three or four records to really hone it. I think the first one where he got it was, uh, the man who sold the world, mm. 1970, I believe it came out. Let me fact check. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm hitting Dave with that, my yeah, hardcore like, David Bowie knowledge. Yeah, and, uh, which links back to an earlier podcast where I told him that he's a POS <laughs> for Nine. not liking David Bowie more and not respecting him. For I, writing no, I totally a theme song. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let me just say, Pat. Hold on, he's not done. He's do not done. Pat, do you have a theme song? Like with your name in it by a famous artist? No. Like, did Led Zeppelin <laughs> ever write a song called Pat, no. Pat Plays the Drums? I'm pretty sure oh. there's a Skinnerd song called Pat Pat Hits the Skins. No, there isn't. But there is a song called Ziggy Plays the Guitar. <laughs> and this asshole over here neglects it, despite it being a perfect theme song for uh, his life. Yep. <laughs> you think, isn't that fucked up, Pat? You just, you did a, a yawn. Of, of not y'all. caring about how much David, 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 David. <laughs> That's about where I'm at with it. I'm like people well, been telling I mean, me that. Yeah, there's no, there's no Cody sl- smacking the strings. Cody slapping the bass. I'm gonna write. Well, I, I didn't get to talk about any streams that I've seen yet. Okay. Dave. All right. Um, well, we watched that. Or I watched that cool, slightly stupid one that I sent yeah, to you. You yeah. watched some of it, yeah. No, it didn't. No? I think it was it went away, right? Okay, maybe I was talking to somebody else about it. You well, were telling me about it, how he was like calling people and just playing for them. Yeah, yeah, it was super <laughs> awkward. He would. It was on 420, so he was just uh, the dude. You know, oh, everybody was stupid. The dude from Slightly Stupid was just sitting there on live, and he was fry as hell, and he would take calls, and he'd be like, "Hey, man, what's up? All right, yeah, dude, I'm gonna play a song. Just chill." And he'd just start playing, and he'd have a fan on his live video with him. Just sitting just in the there. corner. Yeah, just, <laughs> just sitting there like, yep. It was on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram Live. You know what I mean? So the double videos. Yeah. So it, it was just super <laughs> awkward. But he played a lot of really cool songs. He was doing, like, random covers. Uh, also, I wanted to say that the Beachlands been doing streams. You want to talk about that, yep, Dave? Yeah, yep. Or they did one, right? We did one. Um, so, But they got a GoFundMe right now? Yeah, yeah the Beachlands got a GoFundMe. And what's a really cool... Twist on all this is Cindy from the Beachland runs this nonprofit called the Cleveland Rocks Foundation, mm. past, present, and future, or something. I can't remember the exact under underscore log line for um, Cleveland Rocks, but they're right now they're raising money for muse, uh, musician relief funds. So for like uh, people who can't gig, they're raising money to donate to them. But there's also a GoFundMe for the Beachland for to keep the doors open there. And um, sweet, yeah, they did a live stream with Charlie and Jewel, and Dave did the sound or a video. I did the video. Dave, Dave helped out, so it was a cool thing. And Jay did the sound, and it was for uh, Brandon Hawkins, our long friend. Brandon Hawkins did a. Um, 
He's doing this Cleveland-Nashville connection and trying to make this multi-stream thing where people are streaming from Nashville and Cleveland. And they're supposed to connect some. How I don't I don't quite know how it's going to do it, but like or like a live river. <laughs> yeah, I wanted exactly. to sh- I wanted to shout out a shout out on the stream that we got. You know my favorite writer, Donny Cates, pet. He does a little YouTube stream every Saturday, and I tweeted him every Saturday, and I told him uh, that. We did the negative space thing, and he shouted it out on his little YouTube podcast. Well, he does he does a segment called Do Cool Shit or something, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's called Do Dope Shit, and he, like, shouts out someone every week. But it's just been me. Yeah, it's just been me you every week. Do dope shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. Like, I wish he had that uh, not just on uh, Snapchat so I can post it on a, on the ground. Well, no, it's not on. Or, oh, you mean on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So I can share it to Gotti. I wanted to share it with him. Because mm. I. Oh, the video. No, yeah, I yeah. recorded that. I saved oh, okay. the video to my cool, phone, cool. dude. I can send you the Yeah, video. send me that and I'll send it to Gotti so he'd get a kick out of that. Okay, yeah, I'll send you that. That'll be cool. Um, um, also, I saw a cool podcast with Tom, or not podcast, a cool live stream with uh, on Instagram where Tom Holland went live. Oh, yeah. And he was reading these Marvel questions, but like. You know how how funny it is, cause it's, just because his accent, yeah. I mean, you're not used to his accent, so watching him whenever he talks in his accent, it's always hard for yeah. me to not laugh, because I'm used to him talking like Spider-Man. Like he's from Queens? Yeah, because I hate those Brits. <laughs> <laughs> not even like that, it's just... Speaking over our movies. <laughs> Bold stance. But yeah, he's on Instagram <laughs> Live, and he was taking calls too, and it was funny, because some people would get on there and just talk to him, and then other people, it would be like... Their name would be like Tom Holland fan twenty sixteen, and they, so they it'd be like a blatant Tom Holland uh, fan, fan page, fan, fan, fan. and they would get on there and just like cover their face, <laughs> they and not say anything. Like they'd like peek out and be like, <gasps> and then cover their face again. And Tom Holland would be like, oh, uh, yeah, I've got questions for you. You want to? I'm here. You want to have the question? And they'd be like. <gasps> Oh Look at my face, and then cover up again, and it was just—it was so cool to see people because he had like freak out. Yeah, he had like thirty-five k people watching or some something. You Look know? at me. I normally wear spider mask. Yeah, <laughs> it was just so funny. I love watching. That's one of my favorite things of this quarantine is to see when they take those calls and see like fans, he's like super huge fans of really famous people just geek out. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Another one I saw that was cool. They did the for the anniversary of Endgame like a week ago. They live streamed. They did Instagram live with the Russo brothers like while they oh, were watching cool. the movie. Yeah. And at a certain point in it, they took the call from Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. So like I was watching Endgame with Robert Downey Jr. It was pretty cool. It was only for like five minutes, but yeah. still it was. What, was he, it was pretty cool. He was pretty. Cool what did he say? Did he say anything like mind blowing, or was he like? Uh, he was just. He had that look on his face like. Yeah, man. Yeah, I did it. I I did it. I am the coolest I, I, fucking dude ever. Really, like he just had that look on his face. Like, complete success. Like he had no more ounces of stress left, and he had totally let go of all that Marvel stuff. He's like, yeah. I'm Doctor Doolittle. I fucking <laughs> I did it. I'm fucking done, and it was awesome. And he was, I don't know, it was really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> you ever you ever seen any of his dad's movies? His dad makes a bunch of like really crazy movies from like the sixties and the seventies. Whoa, I've heard, no. I've heard of them. I've heard of them. I haven't seen them. Do you got a recommendation? Uh, there's one called uh, 
Greaser's Palace where it's like a guy. Uh, if, if you're telling me about a movie with Grease in the title, I am not watching it, but That's why I was drawn to this movie immediately. That's like the prequel to the Greasy Strangler. And it's just like a guy, like this zoot suit gangster with like a pinstripe suit just goes to the West and starts a, up a brothel. And his name is Jesus. And that's like that sounds awesome. It's not a good movie, <laughs> but it's fun. Nice. I think that's about the end of that segment. You want to? Roll it's it? also on Prime. Oh, oh okay. How about yes. that? Another plug from Prime. Nice. Pat, Zig at the Pat, gig. I feel like yeah. Pat, not Zig at the gig. Pat Bo Bolin is sponsored by Amazon Br- Prime. Br- <laughs> Get your green phone with Amazon Prime. See, I nailed that sponsor voice. Um. So yeah, oh, you want? God. We want to roll into the next one. That's the see. That's a nice one, right? That's Herb Albert. Memories of Madrid. You like that, Pat? I knew it immediately. It, go, <laughs> it, it goes great with your mustache. I, that, I feel like that's a that's a. If anyone wrote a theme song for you, it, it might be that one. Um, we usually use that for Zig at the gig because it's nice and pleasant and launches you in. But I got the songs mixed up, and then we usually use T plays it cool that Marvin Gaye joint for this one, which is the air it out one, because that one kind of gets me in the mode of like just airing shit out. Yeah, that was a good horn. All right, so in this segment, Cody, uh, Cody relieves some stress. Um, Basically, bitch about stuff, and then it's, I usually do two negatives, two positives. Well, that's good. So you um, some pros. It's even. I'll do, yeah, I'll do a quick one because sometimes it's funnier when I just like do them quick. Sometimes it's funny when I elaborate on it for a while, and that's not funny at all. Sometimes I just drop a quick one, like you know, birds are fucking loud, dude. True. Like birds, why the fuck are they so loud, man? I fucking woke up this morning like five in the morning from a bird, and I'm just laying in bed. Like I can't tell you the amount of times I've laid in bed. Wanting just. to fight a bird, like physically fight it. Not just is there a bird in particular that bugs you the most, like geese or yeah. seagulls or? No, no, no. But there is one particular bird in my life. Geese are nasty. Geese not, are dicks. Not a certain type of bird, or was that breed? Yeah. Either way, just one particular bird. When I lived at my grandma's house in Illyria, yeah. you did you ever go there? That trailer yes. I lived yep, in. Yep. There, uh, I didn't live there for long, but there was a tree right outside my window and this bird every morning. And I would go out there and th- I had like five little doodads that I would just throw at it. <laughs> and yeah, so that's pretty much, you know, I don't know. I just don't. I like birds, but not at five in the morning. I just don't understand why birds are so. Because they hit. This is what I was thinking of this morning. They hit one note. It would be as, and it's just over and over again. So it would be as if I went outside with my trumpet yeah. at 5 in the morning and was just like, burp, 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 burp. you know? <coughs> That's how I feel about birds in the morning. During the day, they sometimes will hit a nice little melody like. That was a pretty good bird whistle. That, oh, was, that, was, that was good. That was a pretty surprising like bird. But yeah, yeah, in the morning, they just Whimsical. be hitting. It's like, damn, dog, you want to fight? Like, I'll go out there and fight you right now, bird. 
<laughs> I am, I am at the at the uh, like nature documentary stage of quarantine. Oh no. Yeah, me about. too. Me too. Honestly, because that's that in is... like in like every movie or TV show ever when they show somebody's like in a bad way. It's always <laughs> like they're up all night. With a tub of ice cream, and they're watching nature documentary. You should see Devin right now. Devin went out and bought a new TV, like a really sick 60-inch 5K crazy TV. And then I come to his house, and he's like, yeah, dude, check this out. And he starts putting on these nature documentaries. Like it's a Best Buy? Yeah, and he's like, we're standing real close to the TV. He's like, look, man, look at him, man. (laughs) And it's just showing like a field, and he's like... You can see every blade of grass, dude. I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, man. I would hate to go shopping with him where there's all the TVs. He said he was, on he said he was just walking in the store, and he's, he's like, yeah, man, I was just walking. I just saw it, dude. I just stopped. Caught my eye. I just started staring at it. I just told Tara, I think I'm going to buy this TV. And I was like, yeah, man, you're definitely quarantined out. Because that's the only other place that you can... See so nature the, big, the, you know, the big thing that Devin's been watching in quarantine is Nature Docs and Tiger King repeatedly. Just those two. Yeah. He's seen Tiger King like five times and he'll be like, Yeah, bro, every time I watch it, I find something new. And <laughs> same, thing with, the, same thing with the Nature Docs. He watches the same ones over and over again. He, we watch his Paradise we watch his Paradise Island one. He's like, That's not a- yeah, Paradise Island. And he like he basically narrates the doc. My forward. favorite part's coming up. <laughs> this is the, this is the best part. I honestly prefer it like that, though. <laughs> this is where the seals get away from the orca. <laughs> Sorry, spoiled got, it. All right, that, that was supposed to be a short air. I launched into just one long-ass rant about birds. No, uh, other, no, I like talking about Other negative, about. this was actually like, this is a big pet peeve in my yeah. life. But it's kind of hard to explain on the podcast. I think you guys will be able to see my hand motions. But, okay, I'll describe it. So, you know when you're driving, say you're turning left, and you're in a left-hand tur- turning lane, and you're waiting okay. for the light to change, and someone comes across the road going the with the Perfect. traffic with the traffic that's flowing the opposite way. So they're going, it's a green light, they're doing the right thing. They're walking, the sign says walk. They get to the corner, but now they're going to cross again. They want to cross the street again and go in. At this point, they're going in a half a uh, in a half a square motion. When Double they, dip. When they go on that second turn, and this is something that happens all the time in Lakewood, it's a huge pet peeve of mine. When they do that second turn, they never pay attention to the people in the left hand turn lane. They think that the light's going to change and go green, and they can just walk. And it never says walk; it says stop. But they start walking every time, and then left hand turn lane gets all jammed up. <laughs> It's one of my biggest pet peeves ever. Does this yeah. make sense to you guys? Yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? So when you get the left arrow, that walk sign still says do not walk. But a lot of people think just because the lights have changed that they're good to walk and they're a pedestrian. But it's like if they jack up that left lane, it fucks everything up even worse than if they were mm-hmm. to walk at an, at in, in the opposite traffic during jaywalking. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's just a pet peeve of mine. That's an aired out thing. It's a it's a lake it's a Lakewood thing. It's definitely never happened to me once in North Ridgeville. Um, positives. I wanted to say the penis game is a great game. I've recently remembered how awesomely fun that game is. So I just wanted to shout out to that. You're never too old for it. Yeah, don't <laughs> right? all, anyone listening, make sure to yell out people having a bad day throughout the day. See, see everybody walking their dogs. Yeah. No, what I, what you do when you see 
I don't think you're hip to this joke, but I, me, Dave, and Gabe used to have a joke where whenever we saw people walking dogs, or I might have told you about it, or just anyone in any sort of group, whether it be a dude with his girlfriend, a group of five people walking on the street, yeah. guy walking two dogs, anything. Dude on a bike. One dog. Huge, yeah, guy. Well, no, it can't be a dude on on a bike. It's got to be more than one person. Dudes on the bike. Yeah, two dudes riding a bike would work. So either way, as long as it's more than one person, and we would drive past and roll down the window and just yell, "Gang bang!" <laughs> it definitely peaked. I watched it peak. It definitely that was a did, solid gang bang peak, but it was worth it. <laughs> I don't remember the, the premise of that at all, but I do remember that happening. I don't remember it either, but it's hilarious. It's really funny to do with a guy and his girlfriend like that. That really really pissed someone off. Are there more? Pat, I get nervous. Do you have anything you want to air out? Yeah, you could finish it off. There's what you ah. with a positive. I was gonna just say that. Or a negative. Pat can. Get, I, well, I wanted to fit one more positive in. Oh, I was okay. just to say bikes are cool. Bikes are cool. Yeah, they're cool. You anything you want to air out, Pat? I hate bikes. <laughs> hot take. <laughs> fiery hot take. Get on the sidewalk. That's why we All had right. Pat come on the special episode forty-four. Because he hates bikes. Because he's got the hot takes. Hot take on bikes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to bend to you guys. Pat is, Pat's, <laughs> Pat's like the Punisher, but for bikes. He just hunts down bikes and kills them. I stay on my rooftop <laughs> with, my, with, my, with my sniper, and I just take out people's tires. Yeah, not people. He makes sure that the people riding the bicycles are, are fine, but the bikes are not. I make sure that they're wearing helmets. You got like a super like precise um, uh, uh, blow dart gun, and you break their chain. Oh man! <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's a solid uh, rap for that one. Um, we got a. What was that? A sp- no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. <laughs> we had um, Pat. We had. We just had a special guest appearance. A, spe- a special sponsor from. Um, from Dave's mom. For my mom. Oh, I was going to say Herb. Yeah, Herb. From Herb. <laughs> Taking it back. Oh, wait. Um, yeah, all right. That ends aired out, though. Let's do Let's do the last segment, which... Oh, it smells a lot better in here now that we just aired it out. <laughs> yeah, it does. It sure does. <laughs> all right, last segment. Probably the best song. Thirty seconds. Every time me and Dave do it, he chops stuff in like two seconds, and I yeah. get all mad. But for some reason tonight, he's he's feeling like letting it play. Did you fart? No, I did not. I was gonna say you might air it have aired it, aired, <laughs> aired aired it, it in. Well, you know what? The reason uh, I can't push the button quick enough because my screen's all cracked. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> it's this, a yeah, screen. You, okay. Um, well, this segment. Yeah, you want to tell Pat what this one's called? I feel like I'm. Run it. This no, is, no, uh, it's cool. It's cool. This you run one, this segment. This one, yeah, I'm the segment guy because Dave starts doing segments. They get satanic very fast, which yeah. I was, I thought I was the satanic one. No, nope. no, nope. <laughs> it's really the 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 non the non uh, blatantly satanic ones that you got to worry about that are evilist in the closet worshiping Satan. Um, Satan supreme. <laughs> but this one was albums that changed you. So. 
every like I think every other one or something. Me and Dave have talked. We've brought up a couple albums that we felt like changed us. I texted you before and uh, asked you about it. So we didn't. This is all off the cuff. Oh really? You didn't get my text? I did, but I just ignored it because I was like, "Fuck that." Very punk rock of you. Keeping it raw. Well, the I'll start. It, I'll start it off. The one that I picked this week was specially for you, and I hope you didn't decide to pick it. But uh, you just pick one. Wait, did, is, does it have to have come out this week? No, 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 no. Nothing came out this week. Yeah, I mean stuff did, but not stuff. Oh yeah, the dancing changed, I'm sorry. changed our lives. I think that was the dancing. Yeah. I picked Love Supreme, Love so. Supreme. That's why we played that as the theme song. Usually, I oh, put... you gonna do that every time? I'm flattered. <laughs> no, yeah, that's why I picked it because you were on here because I wanted to pick one that I knew you would like to talk about. I was also just hoping that you didn't pick that one. So I didn't. It, it sounds like you didn't pick anything, which is fair enough because that means that at least yeah, I didn't pick the one that you picked. But yeah, this is like the most special album to I think. At least to me, I don't know about you two. I know you two both love it a lot, but for me, it's like up there, uh, not just as albums, but like art pieces. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And when I first, yeah, it's hard not to say anything that hasn't already been said about something like that. Fair enough. When I well, what I usually when we do this segment, we I try to talk about at least Dave usually just does some fried nonsense, but I try to talk about like what. The album happened, you know what I mean? So, like, when I first listened to this album, I remember it was, like, or when I first got into this album was... uh, Ridgewood? Yeah, when I lived on Ridgewood, when I first moved out of my parents' house and I was getting deep into jazz, particularly Coltrane and Miles Davis and, like, Roland Kirk. Yeah. But... This album I would put on the record player and I would hop out of my window and like there was like a roof. I was about to share that same memory. I remember listening to it because I would just do it almost every night because back then I didn't have a job for like this is like the only six months of my life that I've ever not had a job or anything. And I could just basically like live however like and, how and me and Pat are now. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And I decided <laughs> to just play Love Supreme on my roof like every mm-hmm. day. So I would turn on the record player super loud, open the window, and hop on the roof and just let a Love Supreme blare. Yeah. And uh, that's how I, like, seared this album into my brain. And then after that, pretty much what I, what this album is to me is almost like a blank slate, and you can use it to be whatever you want it to be. So I listen to this album whenever I'm going through, like, any intense emotion. So if I'm, like, intensely, like, beyond depressed or, like, beyond angry, beyond happy, any emotion where it's, like, the peak highest of amount the, yeah. of it, I, I immediately want to listen to this album. It just That makes it, sense. It just connects to me to only in those peak moments and... Listening to it when I don't feel like that's almost kind of weird. Yeah. Like when I was listening to it earlier, trying to find the timestamp, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird because it's not like I'm not like listening to the whole thing. You're not giving it like the respect that it deserves. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like you're like, this this deserves my entire attention. Totally. That's what I think. I I totally agree. That's a solid little bit on that. You want to talk about one, Dave, or you want to launch into one, Pat? 
was it? I want to like I want to talk a little bit about Love Supreme for a minute. Okay, go ahead. Because I remember um, right about the time you good. got into that, I was getting. I forget. I found some documentary on Coltrane or some article on just a Love Supreme, and like was reading about just how like all the lines in the last segment of it like line up with the poem in the beginning of it when you crack it open. Yeah, I have the, the, I have the original record, so it's really cool to look at the poem and listen to it. Or what do you, what do you call it? Uh, pounds? Pams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you wouldn't call it a poem. Psalms? Yeah, Psalms. Psalms. Uh, Psalms. But, like, it, apparently the phrasing matches up his horn line and just reading all these epic things about it. And then you, at that same time, starting to get into that record. And I remember one time listening to it with you and someone else on your roof. Like, it was me, you, and someone else and, like, Ben across the hall. Yeah, I was going to say, we. I did it. I played it all the time. So yeah, yeah. Could have been anyone. But, oh, it was after a mic night we did at the 5 o'clock. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. We used to host the mic night at the 5 o'clock, and that was a lot of, I think, of like pretty much a ritual every time I got home from there. I would pop that record on. And as far as, like, I, that's really cool that when you're um, at peak well, emotion. It's so cool because one of the, it's, it's a record I've played so much with jazz records. Yeah. Um. Uh, so say like a Chili Peppers record you put on and you could be like, oh, I know all the words to it. Yeah, I can say that about a Love Supreme about the about the horn part, the saxophone parts. I can sit here and sing every, you know what I mean. And I can't yeah. say that about any other jazz record to where like yeah. the whole record I could hum mm-hmm. the whole thing. You all know right, what I mean? Let's start from right. three yeah, minutes in. Three right, minutes count in. Off. Count me off. Pat. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when people stop listening. Um, yeah, sorry. All right, thank you for listening. Bye. Uh, <laughs> but for me, when I go to that record, it's like when I don't know, like maybe not as a peak emotion, like with you, like you get but, what I mean. Though. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a, I hate when people call it a spiritual record, but it kind of is. You know what I mean? It kind of puts you in that mindset that like. Yeah, for me, like I said, it's almost like a blank slate to where I could could put aggression into it. Any emotion, I can put it into that, and it helps me hone and focus that that moment. Yeah, I I agree with that. It kind of empties your head almost the way. Yeah, it kind of blanks whatever slate you got going on and helps you. Yeah, like it starts with with him fucking shaking the bells. Yeah. It could be the record I've listened to more than any other record. I don't I mean, know. I wish you had, you know, I wish they had the Spotify records for your brain. <laughs> I wish someone could log in my brain and be like, "Yep, you've listened to a Love Supreme ninety thousand times in your life." You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's an exaggerated. Yeah, amount, yeah. I was gonna you say know what I mean. There, there are, there are, but they're special people like Nardvar. There's probably songs that I've, I don't know. It'd just be crazy how they have those Spotify records for the year. It'd be crazy if you had that for your. Is it? Your is it playlist. still your favorite? Is it your favorite Coltrane record? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's unfair to say it's not yeah, after what you just said. It's almost like I feel the same way with the Chili Peppers. We talked about yeah. the Chili Peppers last time I did this, and and we said like. I talked about a different record, but I, I said that Blood Sugar is like oh, it's almost unfair to not say that Blood Sugar is their best record. Yeah, you know what I mean it's the same thing with Coltrane. It's almost unfair to be like to be like Love Supreme's not his best record. It's almost unfair to 
in my opinion, consider it in your favorites. You know what I mean? But yeah, if, I still have other favorites of his, though. I yeah, might, totally. I, I still say it's his best record. It might, it might just be one of my favorites. The other thing about Coltrane too, and you can vouch for this because you know my musical thing. He's one of the people, like my how I go through artists. He's one of the people that I've been working on right now, and yeah. I haven't been working on for very long, maybe six months to a year. So I'm like. I don't know, six, seven records in or something. I'm just starting to get to where he's like an actual band leader. Yeah. But he's got so many records that it is almost unfair to be like, yeah, best record, favorite record. Because there's no way that any of us have actually heard every single record he did. You know what I mean? Which Mm -hmm. one day I'll be able to say that, but it'll be a a long time for me. All right, challenge accepted. Pat, let's see if you can beat the Coltrane race. You guys could easily beat (laughs) Cody's got a head start. I feel like uh, if anyone has, it's Mike Watt. Yeah, Mike Watt already, he knows them all. Fucking Mike Watt. But what's co- another thing that's cool about that record compared to, like, regular jazz records, like, it's not one, it's not a standard, it's a standard without being a standard. Not too many people, like, it's not like Autumn Leaves where people just do their own True, take on it. that's a good way to it put was, it. It was a huge deal when we did a resolution in one of our combos. Yeah, because um, like Dave said, it's a, it's a standard because everybody knows it. But it's not a standard because people so, don't do it. Yeah, when you have to play it. There's just so much emotion involved into it that it doesn't matter how like virtuosic the playing is. It's all yeah. about how it's being played. True, and that it's all being played in that moment. One thing that one guy said to me that always stuck with me was like, he's like. God, you, he was like this old stoner guy. He was like, you can smell the cigarettes in the room. And I was like, God, I always think about that whenever I listen to old jazz records. I was like, God, I smell the cigarettes in the room. Was it what combo played that? It was it was with Joe Miller. It was, okay. I think Joe Cardos did the... Uh, I, re- was, I remember when you did it. That's sick. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you guys did that. That's awesome. Uh, I didn't get to play on it. I was just in the combo when they did it. Lame. I know, but I practiced it. Eight, eight, eight. I kept saying, put me in, Joe. <laughs> put me in, Cole. So do you got an album you want to bust out, Pat? Um, you can yeah. think of that had a significant yeah. impact yeah, on your yeah, life? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there is this, there's this, there's this fella. I don't know if you've heard of him. Oh, okay. I like where you're going. Because uh, I can talk about this and I can talk about other things that got me into it. So a big guy was uh, this little guy named Robert Glasper. Oh, Robert Glasper. He's a cool guy. He's a cool so, guy. So like, I think when I was a sophomore in high school, I there's these two records. One was double booked by Robert Glasper, and the other one was Black Radio. Okay, and I, I've jammed to Black Radio a lot. I don't think I've listened to Double Booked. It was it, it was what he put out before Black Radio when it was still like I'm sure Robert I've heard Black some songs. Radio. And if I had to pick one song off of that, they do a cover of Butterfly, and I and I always thought that it was a Robert Glasper song because I always heard that version way before I listened to Herbie Hancock. Yeah, and. That like version of Butterfly alone is so amazing, and the playing on it is so ridiculous that it made me like want to get into. It made me want to like get into college for music because like, it it Who plays it made me want to like uh, Chris Dave, nice, who's pretty good. 
he plays with D'Angelo. He plays with the drum heads. And oh yeah, I wasn't sure if it was him or um, oh, I forget who else. I know Robert Glasper had another crazy drummer at the time. Um, Black Radio is a really cool cool record. Both that of them are amazing. Black Radio was the first Robert Glasper stuff I ever heard. Nico was the one who showed me him, and because um, Black Radio is more like. So Robert Glasper, for people listening don't know who he is, he's like a modern-day jazz piano player, but he kind of meshes in hip-hop a little bit more. And on black radio, that's what it was. He did he did yeah, more uh, of like a hip-hop-y based record. He, he was like the band leader, and they brought in for black radio all these different R&B and hip-hop artists to do either covers of their own songs or Robert would write songs with them. Yeah, so didn't they, they do... Didn't they do Smells Like Teen Spirit? He did, like, his neo-soul version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. That and was the first Robert Glasper song I ever heard. Nico was And there. I think that was yeah, that one was out. That one was on Black Radio 2. Oh, I okay, believe. okay. And, yeah, that's the record I'm thinking of. Because, because the first one, he did the same thing where he did one cover. You're and right. Was, you're right. I remember now because I went back to him later on. Because when Nico, when I lived with Nico, he would get so into stuff and just play that yeah, one thing. That so that's what like... he did with Robert Glasper. So with Black Radio. Oh no! 2. It, was the, it was the first Black Radio had smells like Teen Spirit. The mm, okay, on Black Radio Two, he did um, "Lovely Day." That's what one. it was. Oh, that's a jam. When he when one came out, I was kind of annoyed by it just because how much Nico played it. I still thought it was a good record. But I didn't get into it because how much he played it. And then when two came out, listen to that, and that made me want to be like, okay, and go back and listen to one again. And, and two almost has like completely a completely other like set of singers, like totally. barely, like he didn't get like anybody back almost except for like Bill. Robert Glasper is a really cool dude, but I feel like he's uh, I don't know, he's like you gotta take him with a grain of salt. He's Did. A- was there? Did he he's do like a like white a gr- stripes? He's kind of like a wild, grumpy cover. old man that's done so much cool shit that he's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I got like six grams. <laughs> I forget. I thought that was I... a good Robert Glasper impression. Been working on it. He's like really salty about never getting paid for playing on Lauren Hill's album. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'd be a little salty too. She will never live that down. <laughs> you do not fuck with Robert Glasper and get away with it. Do you want to bust out an album, Dave? Um, let's see. I, so I was thinking about this this week because I didn't know where we were going to go. Mm-hmm. Love Supreme is high up there for me as well. Um, but a weird, I had a weird memory of a record that it kind of stuck in my head as like a learning to sing and play guitar. For the like, or trying to find like an example that oh, I can do that if I can learn that song. You know, what totally. I mean, like baby steps, like when you learn your first riff or whatever, or your first what there you find one that sounds accomplishable, and you go for that until you kind of learn how that works and find your own way. One album that really inspired me for singing and playing was the Sublime Acoustic record. Okay, cool. I thought you were going to... For some reason, I saw the Under the Sun thing right behind you on the pole. Oh, yeah, that's from you. You put that there. I know, but I thought that you... For some reason, when I saw that, I thought you were going to talk about that. Uh, no, that's that's cool, but not like... That, that, that wasn't... To me, that wasn't like a record I went back to, but that for acoustic sure, the, one... Yeah, I remember you got really into the acoustic one. Because it was just him and playing, and like one thing that made it stick out to me this week is I was thinking about... Uh, we were talking about chair and music, and you read into your grandma last podcast 
I shared that with my grandma. Um, for some, I had my iPod on or something, and that popped up. And like my grandma was like, "Who's this?" I'm like, "Oh, it's this dude from this band." And uh, she's my grandma was like, "He sounds drunk." And like talking about me? No, 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 no. With uh, Bradley Noel from uh, oh, okay, <laughs> from that acoustic record. I was gonna say, yeah, I, t- I sound high as flick on every one of these. He's destroyed, I bet. No, no, and so yeah, and then I'm like, for some reason that stuck in my head. My grandma calling that out. There's no like, way he's just drunk. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Definitely super fried. But listening to that, to me, that was like, oh, that sounds like it's just a guy singing and playing. And it's like, really rough around the edges. A lot of the recordings are the type of stuff that I think he would have never wanted released. For sure. But that's what makes it cool for the listener. I know there's an X cover on there. Yeah. And I'm pretty... It's not the first time I heard X because they had a song in a Tony Hawk game that I'd heard before, which was Los Angeles. But... It was the song that made me get into X because he covered It's Who You Know. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, who's that? And then that got me into X. But I, like I said, I already knew Los Angeles, but still, I never, like, dove into that. So that was one really cool thing about him and just that record is, like, how he just do a song or just play a bit and make you yeah. go get into an Yeah, artist. and that's what it would just... But that, that record's cool because he just, like, plays shit fucks up a lot and he'll be like you can tell i i don't don't play acoustic guitar yeah and i don't know it was kind of a cool example though that it's okay to fuck up and it's okay to try things and like because if you had gotten hip to the other sublime shit first yeah which i'm sure you did yeah it wasn't your first sublime record no no no. but then you hear that one and you're like what are you doing yeah, where's Rome? Where's Rome? Where is Rome? This is bullshit. Be with them. See, that's why uh, we have Pat on podcast <laughs> for Golden Nuggets. Dude, that new X record is so good. Totally. So good. Like you gotta check their harmonies out. are so good in it, and every song is a fucking you, ripper. You get what <laughs> I, yeah, you get what I meant about the production. It's like yeah. produced really well. Yeah, it's so good. And like I, I was just I listened to that so many times already. Told like, you. I'm yeah. so glad that that actually happened. I knew. Yeah. It. <laughs> and like anyway, but um all right, I think we should start to get into a yeah, next segment. Yeah, I, we don't got to let's make up a let's do an improv song right now for this next segment. Do 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 the pet segment. Yeah. <laughs> pet segment. I put a little drum <laughs> at the end of it. <laughs> And this next segment, we want to we want to uh, we want to share the musical journey of Mr. Bo Boland because we don't necessarily know it. Yeah, there yeah, there's a lot of stuff we wanted to ask you that you may or may not want to unveil the the stories behind, but we're just oh curious. please, um, it's a very it's a very s- gradual downhill. I feel like <laughs> we've talked. Yeah, it's definitely downhill. That's for sure. I have um, so much. Back then. We've, now we've talked about oh. yeah. Now he's on this podcast. <laughs> uh, we've talked about some stuff before, but I don't know. We want to. We wanted to like. Just, we want to get your perspective on it. Like me and Cody have gone. We've gone yeah, off with, cuff with and just the, been like, yeah, Pat, with, with these so cool. With these podcasts, me and Dave kind of dove back into our past a little bit. Yeah, dug up skeletons. I have no past. So. Whoa, that's even cooler. Oh, the first, I don't just start it off like this, since you guys are both here. Yeah. I've been wanting to ask you both this on recording. I think okay. I'm pretty sure I've asked you this in private, but if two dudes were on the moon, yeah. and one of them 
killed the other one with yeah. a, like a rock. Yeah. Like, well, well, would, would that be fucked up? Well, Kate? yeah. Because think of it. So if you're on the moon, um, are they the only guys on the moon? Yeah. Sorry. Are, do they uh, want to be on the moon? I got more questions. Yeah. See, that's the thing about this question that makes it so perfect. It's the best question. <laughs> it's the best question ever because it, I get a fucking answer out of it. You only it only makes you answer with more questions. No, nobody ever just has a precise answer. So you always want to know more, but you can't. That's the whole question. I think if then, then yeah, I'll say if partner A and partner B have agreed upon the ethics of the moon because there are only two people there to describe. And yeah, is there laws on the moon? They 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 would be up to them, oh, right? right and if lunar, this is lunar law. Lunar law. <laughs> if it's in my, with, if it's scribed within lunar law that if one lunar citizen um, goes lunatic and has to be killed by the other lunar citizen. Wait, are these people or are they Looney Tunes? Uh, they're, no, they're people from Earth. Oh, so they'll die. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They, it is a real death that happened. but They're not just going to get squashed and then yeah. have eyeballs. I'm not going to reveal my feelings on the question because I've asked it many, many times. Yeah, so you should people. have, if anything, you should have the most informed answer. I so do, but you it's not almost, revealing. It's, un- it's essentially it's like almost unfair because I've asked the question so many times. You're metaphorically me, I, killing me, us I'm, with that moon rock by not answering. <laughs> fair enough. There you go. Metaphorical I'll leave it up to the listeners. If if anyone wants to, if there's anybody oh. listening, let me know what you think about at this that point. Question. They at the Love Supreme <laughs> part, they tuned the fuck out. Yeah, like, there, there's nobody listening at this point. It's just it's just one. So it's going to be me and Dave's moms that are the only ones who made it this far. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, so let's talk about moon murder. Moon murder. <laughs> murder on the moon. Um, but Pat, you said um, that album got you into going to school for music. Yeah, one of yeah. our one of our main questions was, is there a song? And I I texted you. Just, I don't know if you saw it because you just ignore my text now. <laughs> but is there a song, like one one, one particular song, or album or artist or whatever that made you like decide you wanted to play music? Like uh, when I asked Dave this, I told a story about hearing Stairway at like eleven with my mom in a car, and I'd listen to the guitar solo, and I was like, I want to I want to do that, and that was like the moment I just went gung ho for music. <laughs> I don't know. I was I lied before I played music. I lied about doing it. That's I, cool. uh, you, yeah, you like in middle school. You made it type deal. Yeah, I think I think that's actually a really good way to put most of what I've done. Uh, <laughs> like in middle school, I just remember like kids on like the playground when they would like start making groups and stuff. At at one point, like one of my buddies was just like, "Let's just start a band." And I was like, fuck yeah, I'll play drums. And it was like that. And I didn't have a drum set or anything so like ne- that. You never bounced from instruments. You just went straight to drums. No. I know. I think in, in like third grade or maybe second grade at my school, they had everybody like try out an instrument. I remember that. And um, I wanted to make play. a sound on the trumpet. And I was so pissed. I, I wanted like, to play shitty instrument. Yeah, I wanted to play saxophone, but oh. I was too small, and they said I couldn't do it because it was too big. So then I got clarinet, and I thought the clarinet was dumb. Squidward. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just want to make a sidebar that my school, 
And I, at an early age, thought this was racist, but they made all the black kids the drummers. And I just thought that was just the school being racist. That just like I was like, all, hot take. You heard it like here. Eighty percent. Eighty percent of the. Was that Olmstead? No, it was North Ridgeville. Oh uh, yeah. Well then, yeah, yeah. You can you can chalk that up. Fairly assume that that's what it was. Yeah. I play I played saxophone when they did that. Uh, I wanted to play the drums. I did, but they they wanted they, people like they, doing a snare roll or something. I remember I they graded you on each one. Longest for the drums. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Same at my school, and I remember they graded you on each one. Uh, I got a four out of ten on drums. Saxophone, I think I got like a seven or eight out of ten. And then trumpet, they just gave me a straight up zero, dude, because I couldn't make a noise. And I yeah. remember just being so pissed and and thinking like, this is the dumbest instrument ever. Like, you know how I am when yeah. I can't get something. I'm just yeah. like, what the fuck? Fuck this. So that's how I was. I'm trying to make a noise, and they're like, no, you gotta make your mouth like a like a weird shape, and then make an. And I was like, what do you mean? It doesn't just make the noise. Why? What kind of instrument is this? Like, yeah, it blew my mind that you had work. to make the noise yourself. You know. Yeah, especially with trumpet, with trumpet of all instruments, where you really need pitch. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. You have to hit the pitch yourself. Yeah, and that's every other instrument in the world is just pitched down its own. At least everyone I've ever played, I've, yeah. trumpet's the only one I've ever tried to play where you have to create the pitch yourself. Yeah, that's not true. Got, You've played kazoo, kazoo. Yeah, kazoo. That's different. <laughs> you just a pretty good bird a little bit ago. Yeah, you totally nailed the bird. You know, I love birds, but I hate them in the morning. I'm starting to feel bad for that. Yeah. So, jazz joke. Jazz joke. So you said you, you said you started telling people oh. that you played drums. So how did yeah. you first started playing? Them? Wait, did let's you... do like a, let's do like a mini role play. Like let's go back oh. to Pat's middle school. Me and Cody yeah. are gonna be the cool kids <laughs> on the on the monkey bars. What up, Bo Bolin? Here you hey. start band nerd. You... Oh, you mean like. Green Day, I just heard American Idiot and Fallout Boy, and Whoa. I think those are the coolest things. <laughs> Your mom let you get those records? Sugar, we're going down swinging. <laughs> Whoa, that's so cool. <laughs> you guys ever heard of Metallica? They have a song about a dude who's a nugget. Yeah, I hear yeah, like dude, they got a really cool song called Saint Anger. <laughs> <laughs> drum sound. Yeah, the coolest snare sound ever. On fleek. But when did uh, okay? So from fabricating so, um, so, yeah, this persona so it, of it, a drummer, it did get to the point of where I bought a pair of drumsticks, said that I had a drum set, <laughs> but you only lied, had, but you only had lied, sticks. Lied about not being able to practice at my house. Because they were like, well, you have the drum set, so we got to come over to your place. And I was like, well, dad, dad, well, you know, they're working on the basement. So <laughs> That's a great story. But you had so, sticks, and you would, pla- so you, had you would so practice with sticks, like on pillows so and stuff? There was, there was one day where we were all like, all right, we're going over to Tyler's house or whatever. And I was like, I bring my sticks. And I remember just tapping on the chair while they, like, played, you know, uh, fucking, fucking fate. What, what's the uh, fade to black? No, what's the Green Day song? Bennett, Bennett, Bennett. What's that song? Brain stew. Okay, yeah. Brain. Yeah. 
yeah, brains do. Yeah. They just started playing that. And I was like, I could play that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then after that first like day, I was like, fuck, I gotta learn how to play drums. <laughs> That's so, so solid. Um, what, did you so do? I, what was, um, I think I started asking, I, I just told my mom that I wanted to start taking drum lessons. And I was always one of those kids that was like, that was into things for like a little bit, yeah. but really intense, you know, like I was really into fencing for like a month. I was like, I'm going to be the best fencer ever. Cause they got to wear like cool masks and shit. No, and I, was, I, yeah, I was the same way when I was a kid. If I got yeah. into something, it was really hard for like a month and I would want my yeah, parents like to buy me like, a bunch of things. I was like fucking ride motorcycles. Hell yeah. Yeah. I feel like at a certain age when I did get into music and that did day that I heard stairway and decided like my parents were probably like, yo, this is your last fucking obsession, dude. If yeah. you don't stick yeah. with this, you're not getting any more fucking karate <laughs> shit, basketball oh, yeah. shit, karate. none oh, of yeah. that, dude. Like, yeah, I want. I thought I could be LeBron James at one point in my life. I was totally like, I would practice basketball for like eight hours a yeah. day. I was convinced that that's all it was, was you had to practice. I didn't realize that it's it's also based on your size. If you're a five foot eight. 180 pound white dude you're just never gonna be in the nba that's just factual it doesn't matter how much you practice it's just it's a hard life for for the for the white man realistics i was meant the small guy i was mainly going for the small thing but (laughs) the size either way i'm i could never make it as a basketball player so i had to become a half great musician (laughs) yeah i learned pretty quickly that sports weren't my thing i got hit with in the fight a lot did you so did you actually do fencing no those were like just things that i was really i talked about for like a month and Mm -hmm. and then you know passed but you know it drumming music seemed to last a little bit longer than that and then i think i was taking lessons and then the lessons went really well and was there something about that clicked like that maybe that i just i'm sure it was just positive reinforcement i'm sure the teacher was just a nice guy and told yeah. me i did a job all the time so and the i was first, like yeah. so the first set you were playing was his set in in the lessons yeah my first lessons were just like a practice pad you know with sticks pretty much i think my parents still have my first pair of drumsticks that i well, broke it's cool it's cute it and cool. uh i think i took lessons with that guy from like all of like seventh grade and then eighth grade is when I joined the school. Is when I got into the school of rock. Hey. Um, been there for a while. That's cool. And then when did you get your first drum set, and what was it? Ooh, I think it was six months. This actually, this is funny. I think we we got it off Craigslist from my first drum teacher. He he scoped Craigslist for me and my mom, and found like a five hundred dollar kit, which you guys know very well because I yes. still use it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> It's, it's the kid that was on the live stream. Nice. We, it was out in like the it was out in like the sticks. It was a guy's house that we went to go get it from, and the guy had nothing on like the first floor of his building or his house. He had a house, but right. it was all boarded up. Yeah, and had no furniture or anything on the fir- on the on the you know main floor. And he's like, "Come down to the basement." And so, so me and my mom were like, sure, avoiding every like red rule flag. Ever. Yeah, red flag. And he, we go downstairs, and he's got like this giant 
Neil Pert like yeah. behind glass drum set. That's and epic. I was like, is that the drum set that we're getting? And he was like, no, it's that little three piece in the corner. And it was just like three drums stacked in the corner. Uh, <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay. Cool. So, so I think it was like 500 bucks, which was a steal. Was and because uh, cool? I've, I've had it for That's more cool, than. Yeah. More than 10 years, probably. That's the thing no. with drums. It's not easy to start when you're a kid because you can't get them so easily. When I was a kid, I really wanted to play drums, but my parents would never buy me drums. So that's why I feel like I started with guitar because it was just the thing that they would buy for me. Yeah. And then when I started playing guitar, I went to school and all the kids played guitar like that was the main instrument that kids played you bought a guitar as soon as wonderwall came out <laughs> no but you know what yeah. i mean like like more kids when you're growing up more yeah. kids play guitar for sure than drums or bass or anything because it's i feel like it's the most easily accessible instrument for uh, yeah what uh, what middle school band could find a bass player exactly and that's yeah. what made me want to play bass because when i started playing guitar oh, and everyone in my school played guitar. I was like, well, screw this. I don't want to be the 10th guitar player. I'd rather be the first bass player. So I don't know if you guys have talked about it on any of the other episodes, but do you remember like the first song that you played in a oh, band? Yeah, we definitely. Oh, like you covered, you guys are like, we're all going to we're all going to no, learn we this. Didn't talk about song. it. So I'll run mine really quick. My first band, the first you. band I ever started, I didn't even tell cuz we we kind of ran when we talked about it before, I talked about, like, the first real band I started. Before Aberration, me and Nick did a band called, um, fuck, I can't think of it. Uh, it was in my head, and I lost it. It's, it was like... Here, I'll cover it, it with like, my... It was like, yeah, it was our, what's yours? Feedback. That's pretty cool. Ours, That's a cool name. Ours was, like... Generation X or something like that. <laughs> something with generation. Wait, wasted generation. That's what it oh, was. Wasted generation. And I went on Facebook and I found another band called Wasted Generation. Or not Facebook. This was this was my MySpace. Way before Facebook. I, I, I found another band called Wasted Generation and I stole their fucking logo and just straight up ripped it and made it ours. Genius. And it was a sick logo and we'd be like, yeah, dude, we were so before so before we ever had a practice, I had the MySpace. With the logo picture and everything, yeah. And uh, when we, we did it. when we had our first practice, the first song that we tried to cover was uh, "Fucking Sweet Child of Mine." Oh shit! And in that band, it was Nick was playing drums, I was playing bass, and or actually, you know what? No, there was a kid named Devin, not not the Devin that you guys know. Another kid named Devin. He was playing drums. Nick was playing bass. I was trying to show him how to play bass. Uh, and I was playing guitar. Yeah. And then there was another kid named Tyler who was playing guitar who actually like wanted to play Sweet Child of Mine. I never have liked that song, even back then. But I was like, yeah, whatever. So we tried to play that song for like 
an hour or two, yeah. and ne- it like could never get past <laughs> the part where it goes. We'd all just start like bam, bam. making random noises, and the, and that kid Tyler would just be playing that riff, and the rest of us would, me, Nick, and yeah. Devin would just be like, just random noises, you know what I mean? And so, you're not even playing; you're just saying that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, and uh, it was it was in we used to practice in uh, the kid Devin's basement. It was the most fucked up, like atrocious. A demised basement. Don't mind know. the mold. Yeah, yeah. It was suit clothes everywhere. The crepit falling apart walls. We had like a random microphone that was run through a little first act amp, you know? That's what it was. I was supposed to be the singer. That was the other thing. Nobody wanted to be singers when we were kids. No one thought no dudes wanted every band every band in my school that started, no dudes wanted to be singers. So they always had chick singers. And I thought that was the lamest shit when I was a kid. And I knew I wasn't a good singer, but I was still I was the first kid to they're the first dude to be like, I'll just sing Do a song. It, yeah. yeah, you know. What about you, Pat? What was your first? It was it was two songs. Ooh, okay. It was um this is how cool we were. Uh-huh. This is how heavy <laughs> we were. Uh, it was Slither by Wait, the... You walk, you see right through me. By, um, uh, yeah, who... Guns N' Roses, but not Guns no. N' Roses. Velvet yeah. Underground? Velvet... No, well, not the Velvet Underground. Revolver. Yeah, Velvet yeah, Revolver. yeah. <laughs> it only took the whole damn to figure it out. Damn, I had it right, but wrong. I knew it was a dumb name. Yeah. So it was that song and Allison by Elvis Costello. That's, oh, that's, that's cool. a great song. Yeah. That's like a really bad song and a really great song. It's a horrible song for like 12 year olds to play. Totally, totally. Sure, but sure. it's it's cool in the sense of like it's way cooler than Sweet Child of Mine or Slither. You know what I mean? Like, I don't just, know. It's a song I, that I still like to this day. I, I do like that. I, I don't know if I would be able to. I don't know if I would be able to listen to. But a bunch of twelve-year-olds sing it. Totally, totally. Point. What about you, Dave? Uh, I remember it was the Dead Beats, and we did some AC/DC songs. You I can't remember, remember which one. one. I remember. I remember two of the first. Dave's tunes. obviously the oldest of us. It was a uh, one was like AC. It was like Back in Black or something or Big Balls by AC/DC and <laughs> and and um, from Whom the Bells Toll. That's a cool song. Yeah, was, and I was all against it. I was like, I don't know this song. I don't want to play. Playing, it. You were playing guitar. You're playing your. Yeah, SG. I was just, I was just playing guitar. You're playing your SG. We did have the one Angus kid at my yeah. school. That was me. Had, that was Dave. Who, that was me. Yeah, who had the SG and I was playing. That was a hundred percent Dave. Now, uh, so he said his name. The name of his first band was the Dead Beats, which I've always known that he's had like this flyers, little somewhere. flyers and stuff. And I just said mine was Wasted Generation. You can look that up on MySpace. I think there. I think we might have a recording on there. It, I don't know, or maybe that'd I just, be a good next podcast to bring up. Yeah, it'd be hard. Yeah, I'll try to look it up. But or we what, can bring what, up the other band. What was yours, Pat? What was the name of your first band? The first band that one was Feedback. Oh yeah, you said it. Duh, my bad. And then the first, the first band that like I recorded stuff with in high school was the I Hate Dan Highland Band. Parentheses, oh yeah, Highland. Mm. Classic tunes. I remember you showing us that. So you did feedback, and that was kind of your first like little attempt at a band sort of thing. Yeah, and, we did Beatles. And, and then, uh, so what? You just did stuff like that 
for a couple years before you started that other band you just mentioned? Well, then I was just doing like school rock stuff. Yeah. And then I, think, I met. That's where I met you, right? Yeah. You I guys known each other that long? Yeah. No, but. I like what? met you through or around we're, the school of rock. We were there at the same time. Yeah. And I remember seeing you at. Mostly, I remember you from Guitar Center. And that was really it. <laughs> yeah. That makes more sense. Um, but, I thought you guys met at CSU. Yeah, that's where we. That's where real deal. That's when we came up with a handshake. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I had the label, yeah, I, I levels of friendship. Son of a bitch. If I had to get the Fly of the Concords uh, friend graft, that was um, right oh, yeah. around CSU, right when we left um, acquaintances. <laughs> that's when we peaked on the friendship graph. Um, Me and Dave went off the friendship graph the other day when we were on a phone call, and he tagged me in a meme on Facebook while we were. And <laughs> yeah. I was checking my Facebook while we're on the phone talking, and I'm like, "Oh, Dave just tagged me in a meme," and it was the weirdest <laughs> thing. It's like, dude, we're on the we're both on Facebook with each other while we're on the phone with each other two different levels yeah uh, we had to get a separate friend graph and stack it on top of our friend graph <laughs> you need a friend Venn diagram a friend diagram a couple side thoughts on your musical journey thus far do you think because thus, thus far like we're you're in like your first like original band minus like the you know, uh, minus feedback to the Dan Highland band Yes. Um, was there anything in between? No. Okay. There was. Yeah, it was just feedback doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so a couple. And, yeah. Go ahead. Side questions. Um, right. Do you think the music thing really stuck through because you like proclaimed it before you did it type deal? And have you found that like in anything else in your life? So have you ever been like? I going, I'm going to do this before even remotely getting yeah. close to doing that. I mean, visualize it. and I'm doing the, that you mean right the now secret, with like 10 things. The secret where you put, you visualize it and then that you put it out into the universe. Uh, yeah. I, well, <laughs> yeah. Put it, like that, it sounds bad. But no, I didn't I, mean like that, but like. I get what you I don't mean. know. Like it, I, get what you I get what you meant, and that's how it was for me. Like, I totally, like I said, with that stairway moment, in that moment, I decided I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get on stage and play a solo. Yeah, I don't think it was like that. I think it was just I got I got good, I was getting feedback from it, which I normally wasn't getting from, like, you know, sports, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wasn't getting any... <laughs> I'm the youngest no, of five. No, that makes sense, too, because when I started playing with Dave at bars, I very vividly remember um, we would get off stage after at Mike Nights. And I don't know if you remember this, but when we would play at the Phoenix, we'd get off the stage, and there'd be, like, ten drunk old dudes immediately that would be like, Yeah, Dave, oh, man, you, just, you killed that Jimi Hendrix solo, Dave. You're the best. i never seen a kid play like you. So you're right. As soon as it... I did start playing in front of people. There was that like instant gratification, and I kind of knew right away, like, okay, I'm a kid, and I don't have to be good if I just go up there and try. Yeah, that these drunk people will fucking like it anyways, just because I'm. A and kid. you've almost, and we've all been chasing Definitely. that ever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, honestly, we've me and Dave have never we had all, that much success. We all just want the, <laughs> the, we just want the improvement, the approval of strangers. 
So you said uh, before Cody mentioned that you said you're the youngest of five. So that wasn't like none of your other siblings did music or yeah, no one like, in your family played music. I, yeah, I come from a very sports family. I'm the youngest of five. That's cool. I didn't know that. One older brother. Uh, three older sisters, and they all were sportsy people. Nobody ever touched an instrument. See, my, my family was the opposite. Everyone in my family was really musicy and not sportsy. So when I started to get into sports when I was a kid, my dad like kind of was against it. If that sounds, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that that sounds sense. weird, but yeah, like they wanted me to be a little rocker and play guitar. And when I started <laughs> playing football and basketball and you know what I mean? Like, yeah, my uh, dad was, was, you know, the, was like football coach and my brother was like starting football guy. And yeah. My dad was the opposite. He would come to my football mm-hmm. games and he was like the metal dude in the back that didn't yeah. know what to say or do, you know, my mom, yeah. my mom was the opposite. My mom will support anything I did. She'd be, yeah. she'd be front mom, row I mean, if I was fencing or, or playing a Kazoo <laughs> concert. She wouldn't care. But my dad would stand in the back with his arms crossed and be like, what the hell is this? I don't, why are these dudes wearing these pads and touching each other? Like That's the way my dad, yeah, that's he's like sports. Much. That's fucking gay. <laughs> You're not riding a, riding a motorcycle and, and fucking that is rocking. That's the only thing that's yeah. cool to my dad. <laughs> You're not wrong. That is a hundred percent. And you what? can tell that from your dad just by like a mile away. Like if I just glanced at your dad, that's what I would think. Yeah, he's never. Uh, he could not name one. He probably LeBron James is the only sports player he could ever name in his life. <laughs> he's a he's a building guy, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he's he's into yeah building stuff, motorcycles. No, no, I mean like that's what he says about LeBron James. Because oh, you know, inside the building. guy in the building, right? <laughs> a building guy, yeah, yeah. No, that's unfortunately not what my dad would say. <laughs> Did you uh, did you receive any uh, type of opposite traction? So like, because you were doing music, was there any like ah Pat, how long are you really gonna stick with this type deal? Because now they support your your parents are super supportive and come out to like so many of our gigs and so many of yeah they've always been very supportive. The only time I I think that my dad like told me to stop playing for. <laughs> Like practicing even yeah. was I did a bunch of Adderall and I practiced <laughs> oh, yeah. for five. I practiced for five hours before a one of our juries. I think it was like freshman year. We had our first juries. You were and Cody, all whiplashed out. Yeah, I was, <laughs> hands were bleeding playing caravan. Pat's just snorting Adderall. His dad's like, "What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah, I thought I was. I thought I was playing for like a couple. Like I thought I was practicing for like an hour. And like next thing I know, my dad just like busts the door open and is like, "You gotta shut it down." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Why?" And he was like, "I can take three hours, maybe even four, but it's been five hours. You gotta <laughs> shut it down." I feel like we've had that once or twice oh, here, where hilarious. we started jamming into the late hours, and your parents came down and were like, "It's getting late." Dave, yeah, what sure. Dave, what Dave's parents do is they flick the lights. Yeah. I don't know if you've yeah, ever been great. here when no, it happened. Sea level practice is pretty efficient now. Yeah, we've got we, it down to a wire now, but when we were younger, we, yeah, we we'd, we'd <laughs> slip off. Talking. We're like, all right, we got to stop talking. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, <laughs> and another question <laughs> I had too. <laughs> we got really sidetracked. Um, another question I had was when you first got the, the three the three piece kit, and you still use that now. And you, your setup's pretty minimal. Is it because of when you started, you learned you can do so That's much with 
that minimum amount of kittage. Or... I've, always, I've always just seen guys that do a lot with minimum kittage. Um, there was, there's this guy, you guys ever heard of the band Mute Math? Yes. I've heard of them. I haven't li- getting listened to them. Check them out. Check them out. They're really, really cool. I got into them in high school and they have, and their drummer, his name's Darren King is a really cool guy. And I think when I was really young, I saw, I had, I have a handful of like drum DVDs, you know, like how there, there's a bunch yeah, of yeah. music, instructional stuff. I had, I got like a handful of them. You know, when I was in high school and stuff, and one of them was just a kick snare hat video mm-hmm. and it had all these gospel drummers. It was just them playing kick snare hat and stuff like that. Cool. And so it's like, it, I don't know, there's just something about like the f- feel has always been more important to me than like the amount of like chops that you can play, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I've always been like more of a Chad Smith fan than a Neil Peart fan. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah, that was one question, always, that was one question I wanted to ask you. Like, who would you say is your favorite drummer or like influence you the most? Uh, I mean, I I'm Fish from Fishbone is my boy. Yeah, I was th- I, when I was driving here, I was listening to Fishbone, and I was thinking you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that's he just from how he, he has such a unique style. He's like, because Fishbone plays so many kinds of music. Yeah, and he but, he of all the members of the band, pretty much nails every style. More like he's like mm-hmm. he almost is on top of it and plays like when he plays reggae drums, it sounds better than a reggae drummer. When he plays yeah. punk drums, it sounds better than a punk drummer or a funk song. Whatever he's playing, he adds that extra flavor in. Yeah, because he's and, playing all these different styles. And what, well, that was one thing that I learned from him so much and learning from playing every fucking fishbone song I could get my hands on was it, it was learning all those styles and, you know, helping me appreciate things like ska, reggae, that's really cool. Home, stuff like that. And it also taught me about, you know, the relationship between like a, a drummer and a bass player because mm-hmm. the, the dudes are fucking brothers. Mm-hmm. So they've literally been locked in since the womb. Ba-boom. Yeah, they're one of my favorite. And they've been playing together ever since. So when you listen to them and you listen to them as much as I have, you really like two two guys that weren't brothers, they it wouldn't sound as good. A hundred percent. They're just whenever, so out, Yeah, in the later years of Fishbone when they played with John Stewart, who's a great drummer also. And when awesome I drummer. met when I met him, I was <laughs> Were you with me, Dave? I think so, yeah. I, it was at Riot Fest. <laughs> yep, he, I was he, there. he walked past me. But I was like, yeah, he's he's, yeah, he's super jacked. And I was, I was, I just got like a mosh pit, so I'm like all sweaty and energized. And he walks past, and I was like, John, John Fisher, and said his name John Stewart. But for I was just, you know what I mean? I called him John Fisher, and he just looked at me like, what the hell? And just kept walking. (laughs) He's out of the (laughs) band. But yeah, um, whenever he plays with other people, it doesn't sound. When Norwood plays with other people, it doesn't sound the same. Yeah, yeah and, and the worst part is like the quality with the quality of those recordings, you can't the drums are not that great sounding on the recordings. Like it took me a really long time. It took me until college when I was re-listening to a lot of Fishbone with like nicer headphones to me to realize, oh no, I've been lear- I played all of this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like I could never hear like his kick drum for a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of the mixes on the records are weird or mishearing it a lot of the time, especially for songs like 
nasty man or that's uh, literally the song that was playing when i pulled in the driveway that's, that's probably that's probably one of my favorite songs by them yeah that because i was worried that you would pick love supreme as your album that changed you so i picked reality of my surroundings as my backup one so i i, was, I, I love i still pick truth and soul because i heard that one first nice. over reality yeah, I was but, having a tough time picking between them, but reality is the one that I listen to the most and mm-hmm. like, sits in my head the most. And those, yeah. I just saw the other day on my Facebook memories. Dave will probably remember this. Those poem songs that are on there. Those if I were a, I'd. Oh yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I I rewrote all of those. I took each <laughs> one and rewrote my own lyrics to them, and I made, I made them way more fucked up, and they popped up yeah. in my Facebook memories the other day, and yeah, like, you remember that? I do remember that. I do remember you doing that. I kind of, um... If I were a, mar- a sergeant in the Marine Corps. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we might have to do a part two with Pat, for real, Z, because we've been going for a minute. How long has it been? It's, we started at eight, it's ten. We didn't start at eight. We started at like, we started at eight forty five, dude. Oh, we did. Yeah, it took us okay. forty five minutes to get the thing going. We've been going for an hour fifteen, hour twenty. Okay, but there is a segment Pat had that I want to make sure we do during this episode. Okay, I feel like we're doing all right on. Yeah, time. yeah. We don't have we don't have too much. I don't remember here. my segment. You had the forty four segment. You brought oh. up. Wait, yeah, I have a piece of paper. So let's let's do a side the sidebar from the history of Pat. Okay. Dive into the 44th special episode where Pat's going to lay down some 44 knowledge. Nice. He's going to give us some 44 facts for the okay. 44th episode. Okay, so since we've been in the lockdown, I've gone full tinfoil hat. <laughs> Can I just see? Had a lot of coffee, a lot of, a lot of late nights on Wikipedia, looking up conspiracy theories, numerology, and... Uh, uh, Illuminati symbols. High end coffee. I've been doing a lot. Ad. So, so where do you want to start? Just give us, give us the top of the cream of the crop, give man. Us some nuggets. Give us the cream of the cop, <laughs> the cop, cream of the cop. Whoop, whoop. Cream of the cop. Well, there's so apparently four is the most unlucky number. It's like the 13 in Asian cultures. They associate it with death. They don't have, like, you know, like how we don't have 13 floors in some buildings? They don't have fourth floors, a lot of their stuff. I don't know why that... Apparently, in Buddhism, there is a thing called the four sites where before you reach enlightenment, that you see four different things. Before you're enlightened, you see an old man... A sick man, a dead man, and an abstinent man. Abstinent I man. I didn't write down everything, but that I sounds have like a Mike Watt song. Abstinent. Abstinent man. man. Abstinent man. I'm not talking abstinent man. Oh no 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 no. Abstinent um, man. That kind of makes sense. I remember reading the Buddha's journey, and like he sees all that. Okay, keep going. Sure. The fourth zodiac is the cancer, which is the crab. That's, that's it. That's mine. There's four mo- there's four movements in a symphony. Just like the Supreme. Yeah. There's a point the fourth tarot card is the emperor, which is represents material goods and authority. 
But if it's reversed, it's for immaturity, which I think is very appropriate for us. <laughs> yep. There's there's a thing known as tetraphobia, which is the fear of the number four. So I guess we Whoa. have the opposite. Specifically the number four? Yeah, tetraphobia. Huh. Huh. There's also the poetic sequence of a quatrain, which is a poem of four lines. Okay. Is it uh, like uh, anything to do with meter as well, or is it just straight four lines? I think it's just a quatrain is four lines. Okay. I'm surprised you haven't gone down any rabbit holes of, like, music timing. Okay. Oh, four four and music times? Yeah. You'd think there'd be more of it on there. There really isn't. That makes sense, though. It's kind of low-hanging fruit. This is some yeah, every, deep stuff. Because everything else is like... Is like uh, four books of Islam, four books of, of Hebrew. There's... There's four elements. There's four states of matter, solid, liquid, gas, plasma. Nice. Jay-Z has a song called 44 Fours. Yep. yep. There's the gun, the 44 Magnum. Ah. Four presidents were killed in office, Kennedy, Lincoln, Garfield, and McKinley. Whoa. Obama is our 44th president. Baboom. Uh Larva, egg, chrysalis, and final are the four stages of metamorphosism. Whoa! And I had to think about that one for a minute. That was I haven't thought of. Okay, Bye. north, south, east, and west. Four directions on the compass. The heart has four chambers: antechamber, whatever the other three are. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have another sheet, but I can't find it. There's more. I mean, that's a how lot. many sheets do you have? That was. My I have name. a couple, but they're all like they're just like folded up little pieces of paper oh, that I, I was gonna say. If you, nice. If you had four sheets, I was gonna lose my mind. Well, no. <laughs> no, it'd be even better if I had a giant whiteboard. That would be awesome. If yeah, your yeah. apartment's just like sliding chalkboards. Uh, that was a, our 44th segment break. That was excellent, Pat. Thank you for all that that hours of research on the number 44. That was pretty excellent, but I got, I got to say we can't do that segment again because we need we need to save those nuggets for ourselves. No, That's what they were meant for, but, but Dave... That was a me. preview. That was a 44 preview yeah. for the world of what's to come. Yeah, on the 444th episode, when we do that again, yeah, there'll be some new nuggets. Um, Can't wait for that. <laughs> yes. So going back to your musical thing, what, what, who did you play with after your first band? That kind of what did that just dissolve, and then you started playing with some? I know you have played with a lot of people, right? Yeah, it was just it was all kids at like school rock. It was, you know, it's it, it's just more like advanced as it is in like high school, where it's just all the kids get together, and they just start making bands out of out of stuff. Yeah. Did you ever play in a ska band? <laughs> no, I never got. I, when I, I never when I was find a horn section. When I was a kid, all the bands were ska bands, and I never got. And I was uh, going back, looping back to Fishbone. When I was a kid, I thought ska sucked because I didn't know. Fishbone. I didn't know the first way. I didn't know any of the. I only knew I think what they call the fourth fourth wave of ska. Less than Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, less than Jake, Streetlight Manifesto. Yeah, maybe third generation. Whatever they, whatever. It's cool. I think it's cool how ska does that. No, no one else is like, yeah, this is the fourth generation of rap. You know what I mean? Like it's ska's the only music that does that. But when I was a kid, I didn't like Less Than Jake or Streetlight or any of those bands. And every kid in my school 
started a ska band. So I was kind of left out because I liked reggae and sublime and nobody liked that stuff when I did. <laughs> All the ska kids are like, you need to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> You're like, you need to chill out. That's why I played with Dave because none of the kids in my school would play with me because I don't <laughs> like ska music. I feel like everybody that started a ska band before, That's like awesome. now they're starting, now they're all starting like snarky puppy bands. For totally, sure. Totally, totally, totally. That's and kind of all, like every college has like a snarky puppy band. Yeah. And like three or four years after I was in the sublime, every other kid was in the sublime. And yeah. I was, I was like, what the fuck? I used to do that. And everyone I was whack, you know? <laughs> Shit's whack. But, um, I was just curious about that. Dave, you've never been in a ska band either. But no, then years... I did play with this. We played with a ska band. Remember we opened for Slap the Walrus? Yeah, but we've never Great been ska in band. a ska band. But I, had how, ska I, got, band how I got back into ska was because of Fishbone. Years later when yeah. I found Fishbone and I realized, like, man, ska is cool. I went back and I got into, like, the specials and even, like, toot, toot, no toot ska stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love No Doubt stuff. I mean, like, they're... They're early. Their first, hot. yeah, their first two albums are nuts. The Amazing. first, the first No Doubt yeah. album is like crazy. It sounds like the Chili Peppers if they made a ska record on crack. Like, <laughs> yeah, somehow they're on more coke. Yeah, yeah, somehow they're <laughs> more jacked up than the Chili Peppers, wow. and they learned how to play ska. <laughs> Whoa, uh, and they have a hot talent. chick singer. <laughs> what was it? Yeah, no, No Doubt's crazy, but um. So what was I don't know? How did you gravitate towards sea level? How would you? How how did you get from that first band? How to, did it all to go me downhill? And Dave, yeah. Because yeah. after after you went to a school of rock and you started going to CSU, did you do Tri C any community college beforehand? No, I went right from high school to CSU. I auditioned That's for. How you do it. Yeah, I. <laughs> I yeah, because I. That I think. What junior year is when I was like, I need to audition for colleges. I'm gonna go to Oberlin and stuff. So I got auditions. I audition. I actually did audition for Cincinnati and. You have to audition Bollinger. to go to college. Yeah, yeah. For the conservatories, yeah. Wow, man. See, this is what for the listeners. I'm just a straight up like homeless kid that plays music compared to everyone else it's, in my life. Oh, dude, it's terrible. I've never, I've taken one, no, like maybe three or four lessons from George. You think? Yeah. Yeah, like three or four. So, and they, that was it. And those lessons weren't like, those lessons would be like, George would be like, okay, what do you want to learn? And I'd be like, uh, how do you play this Dimebag Daryl solo? And he'd be like, well, it's going to be hard, but we'll try it. And we'd sit there and like try to learn something that was way out of my capability. But George would humor me. And that was it. And I learned stuff from it. But yeah. like, I'm totally self-trained. And when it comes to like just aud- thinking about auditioning to go to a yeah. school, was so uh, it, was, me. it was the worst. I could not have been. for like Berkeley. But I didn't know yeah. you had to do that for like CSU. Yeah, you have to do like a. What was it? it was it's not an audition for CSU? Is it more like a jury? I did. No, I had. It was it was with Bill just in his office. Yeah, that was how. The only one that was different was the Cincy one, which was the if worst. You suck. You can't go to school. Essentially. Yeah. They're like, yeah that's, that's so what, weird. Isn't that the point of like, school? Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> that's what Cincy taught me. Cincy taught me you're a piece of shit. Go back north. <laughs> 
Did uh, before going into that, did you read when when you started playing? Did you start by reading? No, as, as I, I can still barely read music, but I learned everything from ear, and I'm very thankful for it. And now, when you went to CSU, you're throwing charts in front of you left and right, and you're a yeah. pretty. When you dive into like a, like the cover bands you do like with Queen, you chart everything out, and it, maybe it's not as much notation charting, but like to get through CSU like you did, you had to be able to like read your way through or learn how to yeah, read. That, that's how I I was cramming for those auditions because I knew that that's what they were going to do to me, and so I tried as hard as I could to cram you know sight reading and trying to get all that stuff in. It was way too late. Yeah, I, I started way too late to try and do that. <laughs> Luckily, the guy at Bowling Green let me in, and Bill was nice enough to be like, "All right, he can't read, but he can play okay." Like, <laughs> because because the the Cincy one was horrible. They put like a song in front of me. I had to play in an ensemble oh, in man. front of like, the whole faculty. Yeah, and I went in after this kid fucking tore the room apart like he was like <sighs> but I, I was sitting in front of the door and i started like and then comes out this like 10 year old looking kid with a tuxedo and a tie i could never then, do music school that's exactly I, I why a, i would have quit music right I then and there. i didn't even have a belt like you know i didn't yeah. even like fuck in my shirt i looked like shit and oh, I was man. scared. See, that, to and me, they, that's the polar opposite of how we were talking about playing bar gigs and old yeah. drunk people being like, hell yeah. Uh, that's one of the things that always scared me of music school is I just never wanted to be told I sucked or I was yeah. not good uh, enough or I Yeah, and, and, and what's worse stuff. now, and what's worse, Cody, is now I crave it. I want people to tell me. <laughs> Whoa, that's I weird. love it. Because like George would, never, George would never tell you that. No. You know what I mean? If you couldn't play a Dimebag Daryl solo, George, don't you wouldn't get mad at you. Yeah, and I would I would be like, I'd be like, why? Why won't you tell me I suck? Yeah. Why well, are you it, lying? It makes sense because I respond to that at work. Like whenever someone's like, oh, this plumbing looks like shit, I'll be like, well, fuck you, dude. I'm going to make it look better than ever. So yeah. I could see how negative that would make you. Yeah, that would work on. I think it would work on me, honestly, but. Only after a certain amount, like you have to break that wall where you're no longer like inconfident. Yeah, like you gotta it, be doesn't confident hurt, enough it doesn't to hurt your feelings more. anymore. And I feel like mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have got past that. I would have just been like, Yeah, it took oh, until I suck. I'm just gonna go back yeah, home and play Metallica <laughs> songs in my room. I think, yeah. I think my moment was, I think, either junior year or junior or sophomore year of college was was when, when we had that Jonathan Joseph uh, clinic, and then I was like, Oh, yeah. I came out the other end very different. Was it? And kind of, so that story has given me like as that's much the as the best it, thing to learn from music school. What? Just to, like Pat said, to like be able to just basically take shit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. See, yeah. I, I feel like there's two types of musicians that go through the school, the academic route. Mm-hmm. You got the academically cha- trained that have been doing like this, the charts all the way through high school. And have been in the band, in the in the the big band, yeah, the marching band. Yeah, I never did band. any of the high school. No marching band, no big band. And nice. the choir, and like yeah, the, I auditioned for jazz band when I was uh, a freshman on bass. Yeah, and yeah, that's the only time I've ever gotten like musically scolded or whatever. I auditioned, yeah, yeah I, 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 I just tried. never heard anything back. 
mm-hmm. I tried to get into my high school jazz band when I was playing at the school of rock still. And I yeah. think I didn't get in. And like, so I feel like there's two paths, the people that have trained their way through it. And when they get to college, they're just like, I want to get more credit for what I've been doing forever. And then the, the other side is like the people that have been practicing in their room and come to the actualization that I want to go for this. And they get through that out of high school and go in and be like, Oh shit. And usually it's the, it's the people that kind of have the rough around way that will work double as hard to get equal distant to the guys that come in from years of practice with reading. And did you have to like, for your journey through that, did you have to like, figure that out like as far as like reading did you did it make sense when you really started to drill it or is it just you did what you did to get through it type deal or i did what i did to get through it at the time yeah and but like going back now with like a year out of school it seems like things are starting to settle in now that makes sense you know what i mean yeah like now i'm it's very easy for me to like visualize chords and stuff like that and all the things that were so I was, I was like, like first, first semester of like theory. I was like, this is like algebra. When are we ever (laughs) going to use this? You know, that kind of kid that's like, I'm not going to use math in real life. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to use first inversions and second inversions. But now that I'm like trying to like with this quarantine, I've been working a lot of piano stuff and inverting your life, inverting my chords and my life together. (laughs) And it's just, it's, I don't know. Certain things just have kind of taken years to kind of sink in, but they make it just seems easier now. I think, especially with like reading, like the the ear training type thing, the inversions, the actually being able to hear it and play it type deal that comes in after like you you um kind of like a uh suspend your disbelief and take in the fact you're like okay major scale whole step whole step you know whatever you just accept what you're learning and eventually you just see how it works yeah i just i just wish i was getting more into piano like maybe two years before i did yeah because it was maybe like it was like junior i remember it was junior year of high school is when i started playing piano because i was dating a girl and i wanted to impress her by playing counting crow songs on piano totally <laughs> Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. It was, it was like it was like colorblind. It was like been a long December. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Every every like buzz ballot hit. <laughs> Do you remember that buzz compilation? Ballot. That was a CD I definitely had. As me a kid. too. Sleep like leaving in my hand. song came on on my Spotify. Glycerin. I forget what I was listening to on Spotify, but the album ended and went to radio and it played that song. And I was like, what the fuck, Spotify? Yeah. Really? Uh, I, this hemorrhage is giving me a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> I think um, um, I think that as far as like education, if you go into it like in that way, you take a lot past class, you know, I mean, post class. Like, I got so many books on, like, classes I've taken because of after, like, going through it and hating my my arduous, like, page-turning, paper-writing experience afterwards. I'm like, sociology is kind of cool. You know what? I'd like to read more about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, now I'm like, I'm like, you know who's really, I'm really into right now is, like, Wagner and opera. (laughs) And it's like, I was like, I was like, oh, man, I wish I had a book that, oh, I still have my music. Because I have a couple textbooks still. Yeah. From couple classes and i kept online because i i I know i'm gonna get back into it yeah music wise 
Yeah, there's some like like I'm the one that you let me borrow. I wish I still had because it's got some. It's got like the more modern scores in it. Yeah, I think I let someone else borrow it, and I haven't got it back yet. Well, I had it for a while. I remember that, and then you gave it back, and then I let someone else. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But like, yes, um, Cody, I saw you were going. You're going to a question, and I kind of cut you off. Um, I don't even remember what I was gonna say, but I do think that you're right about having to do a two-parter with Pat. Yeah, like for you sure. Have been running for a while. So Sorry. why don't we try? No, it's, no good. it's not your fault at all. Pat. It's, it's our fault, if anything. Um, Pat, so why would don't you? We, why don't we try to work it to sea level? You know what I mean? We'll end there. We'll end to like when when you met us, and then we'll we'll pick up <laughs> how everything went downhill. Time. Yeah, and then we'll, we can talk yeah, about we'll your rehab. Yeah, we'll work up to your and... peak, and then we'll go downhill. So <laughs> that was the last question. When was I your asked bottom? You. That was the last question I asked you. That I feel like we veered off from. How did you go from like? Basically, how did you get to sea level? What bands um, did you play with before yeah. that kind of led up to? Can I re- so I remember seeing you guys. I remember the first time I saw sea level was. <laughs> oh, are we doing belly dancing? <laughs> I just had, I had a belly itch, and Dave Dave was like just <laughs> staring at me, but <laughs> so I went in on it. Yeah, but you were like showing it to me. Can I can I like redefine Cody's question in a way that kind of tracks what we were doing? Like, where did the veer from academic and original kind of take place when you started to drive both cars? So, while you're at CSU, while you're at CSU learning the academic side of music, what at the simultaneously at the same time, what were some original endeavors and um, out of like? academic music endeavors that you were doing that led up to your demise when you started to hang out with us? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was playing in my, my, I hate to Island bands and stuff. And I remember I played, I was subbing for the dirty Baxters before I played with them Eight. and you guys. And I had to go see one of their shows to learn the songs because they never recorded anything. Where was that and at? It was at the fantasy. Oh, you guys bro. played at the oh. fantasy punk oh, rock yeah. way to learn <laughs> yeah. i remember it because i was with my buddy evan who i was just showing like a bunch of music to i was like getting him into fishbone and getting him into stuff and uh i remember when you guys were playing and i remember seeing i remember us watching cody and cody was doing all of the things that i had seen in the norwood fisher fucking technique video where he's like bang <laughs> Yeah, he's one of my biggest ripoffs, especially, especially back then. My two, I, my two biggest ripoffs early on were Norwood and Flea, and just yeah. how they used their right hands. Specifically, and, Nor Flea pretty much just ripped off Norwood. So. Yeah, yeah. And but but it was but we knew it immediately, and that's what made me keep watching. And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And that's, I and I that's really cool. That was a while ago. Yeah. I don't remember. What was. Yeah, I don't um, really play like that anymore. I was thinking about that on the way here because Nico used to say that all the time. I remember he used to tell people like, "Just look at his right hand; it just flops around and looks like a dead. It looks like a dead fish just flopping on the base." And I mean, like, no, he's picking, bud. <laughs> yeah, I feel like now I don't. Yeah, now I don't do that as much anymore. And I was thinking about that on the drive here. I was like, man, I need to to start getting wild on the base more. <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah. write a bunch of furious funk songs. Anyway. <laughs> Fucking do it. So you played with Dirty Baxters. Or you... I, Dirty Baxters. Uh, I was I was just trying to figure out, just trying to play a lot with more people. That seemed to be what I was going towards. Just keep playing in bands, keep 
being the kind of person that people wanted to play with. And was there a thing that made you want to do that? Like talking to Bill or something, or was there like a, a someone at the school of rock was like, yeah, dude, you got to play in bands. And you're like, Oh shit. Or did you, no. wanna, did you, did you want to start doing it just be, to, to like get some cash in your pocket? Not even that. Just, I needed to, I just needed to play with people. I was like, I'm at a music school and I'm, and I need to play with these people. Okay. Otherwise I'm not going to get any better. And I'm not going to, I'm going to be like the weird loner. You know, gotcha. that doesn't talk to anybody. And uh, watches the Gershie single. Because I knew, I knew I would be like uncomfortable in like the combos or whatever, like the school like band would be, because that's you know they force you together. But I knew like if it was like kind of you know kids put together like groups and stuff, it would be better. And I had known Kevin. All the people from the Dirty Baxters went to School of Rock, so I already knew them from that. Uh-huh. And, uh, hello. Yeah, we're yeah, still yeah. here. Dave, sorry. Just... I hit a button. Wait, can you still hear us? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You went out. So, you, yeah, you work, you're working with Kevin, and then he, he did his own thing, right? He's not I, playing with them anymore. I, now it's Don. I have no idea. I have no idea. But, and then, then did you start jamming with, uh, Mr. Matt Miller at that point? Or was that like, I actually, well, me and Matt, we met again at the, um, School. at your, at the coffee bean. Oh, no shit. That's right. Yeah, I remember I, I think, hooked you guys I, up. I think that's where yeah, I first saw you play was with Matt. Yeah, it was, um, we, we met each, I mean, we knew each other from the School of Rock and he was, we went to the same high school and I, and he had just went to Nashville and come back. I hadn't seen him in like three years or something like that. And I was like, yeah. hey. And that's what we, well. Yeah, we used to play with him in when he did Shred, Shred Rot, Rot, and we did a lot of games with him back Shred then. And they then, played yeah, in my high school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, we played with them at the Fantasy a lot, and then he went to Nashville and came back, and then I saw him playing with you, and you guys were just a t- doing a two-piece thing. And, yeah, um, we did a two-piece thing forever until probably like... Todd? Well, before, right before Todd, we had, we had uh, Bobby Bob and... Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, that's kind of how we started hanging out with you because we would be doing gigs with you then. Yeah, because then it would be like it was. Then Lee started playing with you guys, and then yep, we yep. did the double bills with you know Matt and Sea Level. We go to Michigan. Yep, some road tripping. Um, all right, our two Next segment: Pat's mustache. Yeah, yeah, we had a couple questions for your. But break. we're gonna shave it for later. Oh, no. <laughs> Perfect ending 